was some stranger coming into town. What are you looking for, fella? Looking for people that'll tell me about their weeks. Oh, you've come to the oh, you you come to this town looking for that. It's been a long time since we've had anyone coming looking for that. Wanna find someone that'll tell me what they've been looking at, what uh, they've been listening to, what they've been playing. This town ain't big enough for multiple people looking for that. Are you you're, are you sure you're ready to, to fight off everyone else you need to, to to find that? Yeah, it sounds like they're looking for a couple of queer and pleasant strangers. Yeah. Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and do silly voices and skits and generally try and make each other laugh. And that we do. That we do. Hoping that hoping that someone else will chuckle along with us. How has your week been, Jane? Very busy. Very, very busy indeed. I think yes. the whole Comic-Con this weekend thing really ended up sort of making them just go... Yeah, I spent three days at Comic-Con and then went to see a friend and the last four days have been fantastic, but also... Mm. Uh, training. And, and my right foot is made entirely of blister. Yeah, so do we want to, before we do our normal bits of the week, do we want to talk a little bit about Comic-Con? I think we should talk about Comic-Con. Yeah, so we went to uh, MCM in London, which is... The big, the big UK Comic Con that, gonna be honest, I don't really go for like. There's not much in the way of panels that I'm interested in there. It's a big shopping room. It's a nice opportunity to like see some cosplay, do some cosplay, and hang out with friends. Uh, that's what it is for me, and I had a really good time this time. Yeah, I think I after sort of six or seven Comic Cons, I'm start finally starting to get the idea of how it all works. I think traditionally I'd sort of gone there going, I expect this huge thing with lots of panels and and many comic books and obviously lots of creators and then obviously sort of comic adjacent things, so mm. animus and, and manga and stuff like that. And then obviously lots and lots of cosplay and then probably a good selection of games because uh, there's there's a good yeah. crossover. If, if, if Twitter avatars have taught me anything, there is a good crossover between gamers <laughs> and anime. Um... And I think I, I expected it to be some sort of big event that was very much driven by the event. But this being my sixth or seventh, I'm starting to feel more like it's a, f- a facilitated it, event yes. for let's get all the nerds together. They can <laughs> dance to ridiculous meme tunes out by the, the, the music truck. Uh, they can sit outside and drink and, and and just get to chat to each other. And if you want to buy overpriced merch, there is plenty of overpriced merch kicking around. So I think if you treat it more as a... Um, well, like the comparison I've made a couple of times is like, it's, it's a bit like a rave. Like, <laughs> So if you're going more for the people and less for the music, or, or even you know a little bit of the music and a little bit of the dancing, yeah. MCM kind of works out as, as yeah. an event. Like... Well, yeah, th- this is kind of the thing. It's like I've I've been going to MCM, the London MCMs, uh-huh. twice a year for about the last ten years. It's been probably about a decade I've been doing it, and the the events definitely like changed its focus a bit over the last ten years. They've it it used to be a lot more panel driven, and now it's a lot less. It's now a lot more here is a bunch of shopping things and all that stuff. Uh-huh. But you're totally right. It's it's the same sort of thing in that like. 
I go to MCM twice a year because I have a lot of friends that I met through cosplay and stuff like that, and oh. they're all from disparate parts of the country where it's very hard for us to find a time and a place and the money to be together in the same place and to see everyone. Oh. And MCM is that thing twice a year where it's like, I know twice a year all of those people will converge on one place and we can just spend a few days catching up on our lives, like getting to spend time together, making new memories and keeping those friendships alive. Mm -hmm. And it works really nicely for that. Like there are people who, uh, like there's, there's one person, uh, Jay, he's absolutely lovely. He's someone that I, last time I saw him was May MCM last year. Haven't seen him for a year. I've not really spoken to him a huge amount. But we both showed up and we had an absolutely lovely time in each other's company again. Because yes. that's what you do. You you end up back at the same place. It's like, ah, you're here. Hooray. So, yeah, if you go into it with that mindset, like, th there are definitely other UK conventions that are more what you were expecting. Mm. Like, there, there are smaller conventions like, say, Kitacon, Amicon, that are much more, here's a bunch of panels go do all these, like, oh, here's a timetable, let's see what's on in this room at this time to go do. Mm. And I enjoy those. Uh, I'm going to one called Amicon in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. But MCM is like, y you totally nailed it when you said it's a place that facilitates getting to see people. It's all of the people and all of the cosplays are here. Mm. Enjoy. And I, I enjoyed seeing all the cosplays and all the people having fun and the nerds doing really Mimi dancing and... <laughs> So many beautiful furries. It it was very nice to be able to be like, it's a lovely hot sunny day, lying down in the grass, having a, a rum and coke or a pims, watching some furries dance to anime music. It's like, this is pretty alright. This is pretty good. Drink a lot of rum and coke. <laughs> yes. Um there 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 was many, many not sober happening. It was mm. it was fun. Um yes. it really helped deal with the anxiety. Hooray, high five, woo! Self-medicating through anxiety. Do as we say, not as we do. Yeah, definitely don't. Don't. <laughs> Alcohol is not the answer. It is. I, I realised that you know I just said <laughs> that that's what I did to get through it. But um, it's yeah. Once or twice a year to do some drinking and do a socialising is fine. Well, if you're doing that's... it every weekend, that's maybe a problem. Well, I think that's the difference. Like my my anxiety is generally quite manageable. Most of the time, it's only when I go to like big events it, or it's, stuff it's, on my own that yeah. I have like full on panic attacks and stuff. So it's it's not like I need it every day just to get out of the house. And I know some people do, and you know uh, that's that's you know obviously a problem that you would deal with very differently. Whereas I think because I can generally get through most days. And it's it's not it's like you were downing a whole bottle of vodka or anything. It's oh, like no. have like three cans of pre mixed spirit and and mixer. Yeah, three in the morning, three in the evening, <laughs> and a proper meal for dinner. <laughs> it's a very jolly Pringles in between. It's 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 very much my like time when I let myself have a couple of sloppy days. Well, I think that's the other thing with it. It's it's is that sort of like. It, it, it's a nerd festival without the crappy camping. Yeah, exactly. It's everyone goes and like stays in a hotel where it's, so there's a comfy bed and then come back out in the morning and go, yeah, let's all get drunk together again. Yeah. I mean, that's largely what happens. Everyone sits out there on the grass. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, you know, how many people do what we do, which is sort of like circulate around a bit, go, mm, okay, we've seen the thing. 
And I suppose if you you are going to the panels, I don't even know if you have to pay for extra for any of those panels. Most of them are free, and you know, in which case I'm kind of sad I missed the Red Dwarf one last year. Ah, that's a shame. Like here's here's the thing. Like I've occasionally been to some panels at MCM. It's just often that the guests are like they they used to be much more in my wheelhouse, and now they're Mm. like, ah, the stars of this TV show that I don't watch. Yeah. I, th- I think actually, I think w- not watching TV is probably yeah. not helped with that. Like it... I, I have Netflix and YouTube. <laughs> I I will rewatch. Like I'm currently rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine rather than watching anything new because that's you know. Good. <laughs> I mean, it does concern me that um I, for me Brooklyn Nine Nine is a new thing, so it's it's, it's yeah. not bad. But I am finding as I'm getting older that like there is so much good stuff out there that I just can't justify redoing things. Yeah. Well, for me, I justify re- redoing things because I'm like, if I rewatch a thing that I know I like, I can guarantee I'm going to enjoy that time. Mm. And sometimes I will go, I would rather watch a thing I know I'm going to enjoy than give a chance to something that might not be worth that time. Mm. And that's sometimes how I justify it. But yeah, should we should we get into our weeks in, yeah, in terms of the media? What have you been um, exercising your thumbs with? Doing, what have I been, been playing? Been playing. What have I been playing? Been fiddling with. Uh, so I finished playing a game that like has been 90% done and I was just like, I need to get around to finishing it. I finished playing Detective Pikachu. Uh, that that game, I very much enjoyed like 99% of it. Its ending's really flat. And I've been warned this in advance that like it just kind of ends really limply. Um, <laughs> so the least spoilery way I can put this is... There is one big overarching mystery through this whole game, which is like, hey, main character's dad went missing, and I had my suspicions about what the ending of that plot was going to be. Um, they just kind of give no ending. A character goes and it, like comes in and basically goes, I'm all-knowing, you will find your father if you keep searching, goodbye! And he like literally does the like fly off into space. <laughs> It's literally just like a character comes in and goes, "You will find your father. Just you keep looking." In the oh, sequel, I must go back to my. I must go back to my home planet. By the sequel, which is a real mm, shame. That's pretty shit. Yeah, it's. I very much enjoyed the like. Here is the detective mystery we are doing, and like the big stop the person who's making all the Pokemon go evil and angry. Like I, I enjoyed all of that. Enjoyed all the cases. It's just a really limp way to end. I keep saying limp. Mm-hmm. It was a really, mm-hmm. it was a really underwhelming ending to that game because it felt so. We're not going to give you this answer because we want to sell you a sequel. Whereas it's like, yeah, I'd have still bought a sequel even if I knew that. I'd have been more likely to because I wouldn't have felt like bait and switched. So that was a shame. Bait and switch. <laughs> I like when we go on those tangents and we both go to the same place. It makes me very happy. <laughs> uh, so what about you? What have you played this week? Oh, well, we know we t- chugged into a few things at MCM. Actually, uh, we yeah. played Platago. It's got an exclamation mark and everything. So I suppose That's... it's Platago. 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 This was the make your own platformer levels one. It was. Um, which perhaps if we'd had more than sort of ten minutes to sit there. We probably could have fashioned something interesting as uh, a level, but um, the interface was 
pretty simple and, and easy to understand. Here's an overlaid grid over the screen. Pick yeah. your tile, click and drag to put that tile down. Yeah. And not only that, like yeah. you had the, you could put, you could click and drag to put the tiles down. But if you for like deeper walls, it would do like a top layer. Like yes. say a grass layer, and then have earth underneath that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, re- repeating blocks. So I thought it was quite nice that it had that sort of built-in uh, moving platforms, things like spikes. You yeah. can move the character, it, change um, gender presentation. The the interface felt very similar to RPG Maker, and I do wonder if it's yeah. the same people. I had heard that they were making a platform thing, so maybe that. I would it. suspect so. Like the drag and drop interface feels the same. The whole like oh, the top layer of a of a block is slightly different to denote it's the top. Yeah. That's all very RPG Maker. Um, and I quite like that it had the different tile sets, so you could switch between um, Amiga, like NES. Amiga 500s, uh, NES, NES, Spectrum, Commodore 64, um, I'm sure there's another one in there. Yeah, but, but there's lots, yeah, of, lots good, of different... Selection. Yeah. One thing that I think was a bit of a shame is that in the game's menu itself there is no tutorial options Mm. um and one other thing that i'm curious about is whether you can add your own tile sets um or whether that's locked away if it's anything like rpg maker what you can probably do is create your own tile sheets based on the formatting of the ones in their game folders and basically force the game to recognize tile sheets i mean that probably um that's the kind of thing that like would perhaps take this from very basic mess around with design tool to something that you could maybe feasibly make your own mm. experience with. Okay, it's still in early access by the looks of it. Yeah, it is available on early access now. Um, the other thing I wonder is, like RPG Maker, does this allow you to export your finished game as its own thing, where you could m- package up a playable platformer and go, here it is, people, go buy it, without them needing this platform game maker to make it run? Possibly. See, these it's are all questions totally that... The, yeah. The thing. I, I have contacted... Oh, yeah, the... yeah, yeah, make your own graphics and sprites. Or okay, import yeah. from other games. Uh, does it say if you can e- export? Oh, yeah. Share your creations with other users online. Yeah, hmm. but I have a feeling that that's... that's only within the software. Yeah, that doesn't sound like you can... Like how you need Game Maker Lite or whatever it is to play Game Maker games. Yes, whereas it seems like you can't do the thing you can do with RPG Maker, where it's like, I'm going to export this and all of the files required to play it will be in the export. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of questions I have about it and things I'd like to know if they're coming in the future or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> but it it was like it was easy enough to jump in and start messing around with. Yeah, it was pretty intuitive. The jumping mechanics were like nice and responsive. Yeah, I like that. Some um, you could change direction. It had a built-in double jump. Um, it had I I know the the wily e. coyote thing. Hmm. Um, they talk about with when you make platformers that you have to do it so that you can still get a jump in after you've actually slipped off the edge. Yeah. Um, and I was testing that, and you could actually jump pretty far off. You make your first jump pretty far off the edge. Yeah, I think that was there's, quite good. there's a lot of things that like they avoid the tropes of bad platformers that I don't enjoy, like the sort of like floaty jumps of like a little big planet or um the, the not too slidey on the platform. Yeah. Not too much like weird momentum, like say a Donkey Kong Country. It it felt like a very tight platformer. Yeah, I mean they're they're 
there is a, uh, a good foundation there already, I think. Um, it was we, we had a look at some of the, the pre-made levels, got a sort of idea of what can be achieved. Yeah. There, there was a very interesting one where the there were moving platforms and there was a ceiling above you to deliberately prevent you getting the full yeah. arc height, which was like an interesting thing I hadn't seen done before. But it's restrictive. It was yeah, it, it was an interesting game. Like I definitely want to look more at it when I'm not on a crowded show floor. Ooh. So yeah. So we also played Mario Tennis Aces. <laughs> yeah. That that was should I talk about that one? Yeah. Um I'm a big fan of the like very arcadey over the top silly sports games and I have in the past enjoyed some of the Mario sports games because usually they're very sort of ah nice and forgiving do a silly thing it's a over the top Mario Tennis Strikers All-Stars Mario Tennis Aces that's the one I don't know where I got Strikers oh I'm looking at Sushi Strikers later on this Uh, list Uh, spoilers (laughs) Mario Tennis Aces for the most part is a very realistic tennis game. Most of it is is sprint and do the lob and do a hard hit, and it felt a little too much like actual trying to play tennis for my tastes. Yeah. Like, there were goofy, fun super attacks and things, but you had to do a lot of tennis that I was not good at to get to there. Okay, that's adorable. Jane has just shown me a picture of the poke... Of, the Pokemon Mimikyu that dresses up like a Pikachu, but instead it's dressed up like a Plusle and a Minon, and that's adorable, and they're smooshing and their... And rubbing faces together. Smooshing their cute faces together. Are they so gay? And they're over a lesbian flag. Oh, that's adorable. You're adorable. But, yeah, Mario Tennis Aces, bit too much tennis for me. Too much um, tennis, not enough aces. Maybe it was just because I was like, Trying to learn it very quickly on a show floor. While being pestered by an employee. Yes. So, yes, do the thing. You can do this and you can do this. Can you just let me enjoy the fucking game? Yeah, it was a lot of him, like, rushing to explain to me a mechanic while the instructions were on screen. And it's like, if you just stop for a second, I'll read it and I'll understand it. Yes. And he would sort of rush me through it and say it. And then I'd be like, I didn't understand what you meant. This is a very crowded room. I did not understand you in this noise. There's a lot of sensory input right now. Yeah. Leave so me. When when this goes up, there will cur- there will be a demo for Mario yeah, Tennis on the Switch. You can play it yourself. Yeah, I think if you're listening on the day this goes up, there is an online tournament happening, and then Ooh. after that, they take away some of the characters, but they'll leave the demo available to play offline. I want to go back and look at it again and give it a second chance, but it didn't make a great first impression. No, I was not impressed. Um, to be honest, it... it, it it had the nostalgia filter over it, but it just reminded me of um, whatever the last Mario Tennis game was. I don't even remember. Cube what it was. Or probably like, maybe. I, I don't. Like I don't remember. Even if it wasn't, I'm probably thinking of the GameCube version. Yeah. But yeah, like I wasn't super impressed with it. Um, but you know, I I hope people have fun with it that enjoy such things. Yeah. What else you played? Uh, I played uh, one other thing of note. I played some of Sushi Strikers. Way of the Sushi. Sushido. Uh, so this is a game I'd seen advertised a couple of times. It was a 3DS game and now oh. it, and it's getting a, a Switch port. And it seems like a very over-the-top anime game about female protagonist who has to fight people with sushi. And me- mechanically it seems to be 
Here's a bunch of different conveyor belts going back and forth with sushi on them. You have to hold down a button and then match up sort of touching sushi plates of the same colour to build up a big stack of, of plates in front of you that you can then throw at your opponent to damage them. And I very much enjoyed that demo. However, it felt... Maybe this is just because I got on really well with it. I found those two demo levels like not challenging at all. I just kind of skimmed through them and was like, I'm not really having to think about strategy. I'm just doing whatever. Well, to say... Yeah, you say that, but like... They they clearly had it on for a while. Yeah. The booth people didn't seem to know how to play it themselves. They they yeah. only just really started learning it. And then the highest score on there had currently been an A, and you've got an S on both of the first ones. Although I would argue that those were the first two levels of the game. So yeah. well, you picked it up quite clearly, but that's the thing is whether it stays that I'm, easy throughout. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that the game would be too easy, but I think that that demo didn't... My my point is just that that couple of levels we tried didn't mm. give me a great sense of where the where the strategy and where the difficulty is, because I was just doing a lot of I see a lot of green, click on green green one and do it. Yeah, but perhaps we were just good at identifying large chunks of green. Yeah, perhaps. Whereas I wasn't doing quite as well because I don't even think I got a a, a a medal for my. I thought you still got an A on I your first attempt. A, it, it, it's like. It was the first level of the game, and you did both levels and got S's. So perhaps <laughs> yeah. you are just uniquely better at uh, identifying these. Did things. Did you find anything in that demo particularly challenging? Um, no, I, I I found it sort of fun-ish. I wouldn't mind playing more of it to sort of see yeah even... where it goes. But I, I guess the only thing you could do with something like that is add extra colours in. Um, or other mechanics, but I don't know what those would be. I don't know like, how you would add other mechanics yeah. to that. But, well, you know. even, even though I was finding that demo easy, it was still very fun in its, like, it was very good at giving you solid feedback that made you feel like, ah, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, go, go, go. Mm. Like, I felt really cool while not finding it particularly challenging. And sometimes that's enough. Mm. So, yeah, that's my... Warriors in that respect. <laughs> Some of those levels are, are not too. You might be right there, hun. You might it be is right. That power, power fantasy. Uh, what about you? What else did you play? I didn't really play much in the way of Hyrule Warriors this year week, so you don't have to listen to it this time. <laughs> no. Too late. I've already mentioned it twice. Yay! <laughs> uh, I played some more of The Way Remastered. Ooh, I've got past the bit I'm stuck on. I'm now stuck on an entirely different bit, slightly <laughs> further on. But yeah, I'm, I'm still enjoying that. Uh, it seems to be one I'm sort of picking up periodically. Uh, but yeah, more of that. I think that's basically it this week. Yeah. There, we were there mainly wasn't... focusing on seeing the M M McCum. Yeah, and there weren't many games at the McCum. There was minimal games at the McCum. I was go like, I'm going to cover some games today. Oh, this is... This yeah, is it. And it's thought, mostly Nintendo games that I've already played. We okay. thought there was an additional haul. There was not. There was we not. thought there were more games. There were not. Uh, Ikaruga on, on Switch. We didn't play it, but we had a look. It's it, still it, Ikaruga. It looks like Ikaruga. You can turn the Switch sideways and play it sideways if you want. Which makes sense, because I've yeah. always thought that that needed an option for uh, vertical um, yeah. widescreen. See, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to the next section of the podcast? Let's do it. Now. Hello, welcome, welcome to our dark, 
Dark Society, the the Council of Teenage Angst. Yes, welcome to our society meeting. Now, today we have a very important meeting. Um, we we have been we've been selling for many a year to the, the angsty teens clothing in black, red, maybe even some purple. The problem, however, is that we're running out of things in those colours to sell them, and we need to start increasing our uh, market range. So. We need to find ways to present other colours as angsty. What do you propose? Perhaps we pick some new colours and somehow market them in a different manner that makes them seem more dark and brooding. Well, this is exactly what I'm thinking. So, I'm thinking colours like sky blue. Doesn't seem particularly dark, right? Well, that that's the colour of the pitch black night sky during the day. All of the feelings of a lonelessness in the universe and the grand scale of things and how tiny you are by comparison and the depressing nature of that. Why should that only be a nighttime thing? The sky, still just as as, as much of a portal to the infinite expanse of the universe during the day, sky blue, still a depressing colour. Also, it's a place that's full of birds. Freedom. Freedom that you, the teenage youth, the angsty teenage youth, do not have yourself. Exactly. You can't just fly away from your problems like those birds up in the sky, can you? It reminds you how oppressed you are. Yeah, you're not up in the blue. You're down here. Have you got any colors you think we can rebrand for the, uh, the youth? Yes, I was thinking about green. It is the color of nature and also the color of envy. The more we can sell people on this envy, the more we can sell these green hoodies that I have purchased. Each one has thumb holes. Oh, goodness. So so we're, we're pitching this as like envy. Your friends feel envious of you because they don't understand you, because you don't understand them, because you're on a different wavelength, and why don't anyone understand? Nobody understands you. They are all simply jealous and envious of you. Exactly. The green will perfectly convey this. It will be dark and scary like the deep of the forest. Ancient and ancient in a way that you will never get to live to be because you are so bleak and desolate inside. Oh, yes. I have one final color. I think we can, we can sell the, uh, the goth and emo you youths on I think we can I think we can sell them on orange because you know what's sad about orange there's a fruit and there's a color one of them don't know which one of them doesn't even have their own unique word they just get lumped with the word that's used for for something else it's not even custom to them how, how am I it... supposed to know which came first? Exactly. How how depressing must it feel to be an orange and it couldn't even be bothered to give you your own name they were just like you're of the color orange. You can be that. It's like they didn't you can even be really depressed and be a green orange. They didn't even get to know you well enough to know like what does the orange want to be called? No, the orange is just forced into a box based on what color it is. That's depressing. Yes, I like all this depressing talk. Perhaps we shall sell more things. This is excellent meeting the council of teenage angst. Everybody, come back again next week. Oh, I've had such a bad day at work today. I know it's been it's been terrible. I've done I've been so working so hard the way on the farm. I've 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 
you know, I've handed in all, all the turnips and, and we've had a good crop there. But uh, I, I can't wait to, to get home and just chill out playing uh, some Stardew Valley. Oh, I know what you mean. I've been, I spent all day again today filling out spreadsheets and like managing numbers on forms and trying to make sure that the correct numbers go up as they're supposed to. It's so boring and tedious. I just can't wait home to, I can't wait to get home and play some football manager. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty chill evening. I'm personally, uh, I've had a really hard day doing nothing but mowing these lawns and avoiding the neighbours' dogs. I, I just want to get home and just zone out to some mindless hover bother. Oh, I've spent all. Oh, I, I don't even get on to it. I've spent all day hacking phone, hacking computers from my phone and trying to go. What was it? I was doing rescue my daughter or something. Listen, dude from Watch Dogs. Uh, yeah, I think I think you you've clearly got a far too exciting job, I must say. Oh, it's fine. I'll go home and I'll play uh, hacking things on your phone work simulator. <laughs> so, what have you put in your eyes this week? Ooh, well, I read, sat down and read uh, Junji Ito's The Dissolving Classroom. <laughs> How was that? Was Fucking it, awesome. Was it terrifying? No, not even slightly. I love Junji Ito stuff. I think it's beautiful in a in a very dark way, but like it, it doesn't bother me or horrify me or gross me out. Junji Ito finds the beauty in body horror. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's there. There, it's it's just really well drawn, really well put together, and I think it's making certainly with um, like that whole book and even the afterword. Like it, it takes something that um, is is quite sort of mundane and and tries to find the horror in it or make it quite <laughs> horrifying. Do you know anything about? This uh, book? I, this I don't know anything about this one. I know Junji Ito's work, but I don't know The Dissolving Classroom. Well, this is um, basically, there is a, a young man and uh, he uh, he apologises to people and then their fucking brains melt. <sighs> <sighs> I won't go into any more than that. That's an interesting concept, huh? The, the, yeah, that and there's that whole sort of like the apologising and the like, uh, and obviously it being sort of uh, coming from that sort of culture of um, as you apologise more, you bow lower and lower and lower, and and there's obviously there's there's quite a few things where it's just like on his floor, head against the ground, and it's like, yeah. mm-hmm, <laughs> and then their eyes start melting and their noses start running. Ah. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Brilliant. And now I want to go back and read Uzumaki again. <laughs> um, Uzumaki. Um, and what's the other one I've got? Uh, Gyo. <laughs> that's a really good book. That's a one, isn't it? I want more Junji Ito now. This is a problem with manga. I read them too quickly. <laughs> and the other th- the other problem I have with reading manga is that I will sort of go, oh, oh yes, I remember. Yep, yep. Right to left. Right to left. Right to left. And I can't read normal books for at least a week. <laughs> I switch to to right to left much more quickly than I can switch back the other way. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it does make reading uh, Western books quite confusing. Do yeah, you... what what you what you put in your eyes, base? So, uh, one thing I went back and rewatched some of this week. Um, I'm just going to be very open. Most of what I watched this week was like very 
brain vines. It was lots of vines. It was a lot of brainless, silly nothingness because that's what we do at MCM is we watch like things that are a bit silly and inconsequential and usually things that we've watched before but that we know make us laugh so we watch them and laugh again. Mm. Um, So yeah, we watched a lot of Vines and I just wanted to take this as an opportunity to talk about why I'm so sad about the death of Vine as a medium. So Vine was a medium where it was you post videos, there are a maximum of six seconds, they play on loop and it was used a lot for some really like fast-paced creative comedy mm. and depressingly like it was one of the few like comedy video platforms that really did well for like non-white creators and they that'll were... never sell that'll never sell yeah there were a lot of very popular vine people who are non-white people who were doing very well on vine and then it very quickly went away and it was definitely nothing to do with Oh no! It, we we would we thought we were that we were selling ads to eighteen to twenty five men, and and that's not what we're doing. Some of those men turned out to be mad. Oh, oh, no. 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 The so, horror of the horror yeah. So Vine is a fantastic platform that I love, and the only way this platform exists anymore is a uh, Vine compilations where people just take a bunch of these six seconds videos and put them back to back and. You don't want to look for just, like, Vine Compilation 6 or whatever. You want to find Vine Compilations that have names like Vine Compilations That Cured My Depression or uh, Vines That I Watch To Stave Off The Sleep Deprivation or, like, that have, like, weird names like that. Those are usually... They're usually the good Vine Compilations. Um... We sat and watched an hour-long Vine compilation, which I think we did the maths and that works out like 600 Vines in an hour, which was just like an hour of very fast-paced, here's six seconds attempting to do a joke. If it doesn't land, it's fine. We'll go to a different creator and they'll try a joke for six seconds. It's... I mean, that was a cool thing I quite liked yeah. with the, the month or so I got into Snapchat. Mm. I quite liked that you had very short videos that you could send um, and my, I think my favourite one that I managed to get out of that was um, the oven at my old flat. Mm-hmm. Um, you just used to do beep beep, beep beep, beep beep. I recorded that for like a couple of seconds, slide into camera. Oh, sometimes my oven goes beep beep. <laughs> See, I I love working within those constraints, and I'm I'm aware that with like say Twitter video, you can still make a six second video and put it on Twitter, but. Because the constraint doesn't exist, it doesn't force you to work within those constraints and that, you know, some of it's lost. Like, the one time I made a Vine joke that I was really happy with was I made a fake box for Dark Souls cereal and I sang a jingle that was basically, Dark Souls cereal, it's literally just glass. (laughs) And, like, that made me chuckle a lot. And it's like, it, it was just, like, silly stuff like that that makes me very happy. Um... There, there are some, there are some very good vines out there, but like, I'll, I'll maybe like the day this goes up, I'll go on Twitter and I'll post like, here's that hour-long vine compilation I enjoyed the other day. So go check out my Twitter; it'll probably be on there. 
Well, I realise it's not six seconds and is slightly <gasps> longer, but if we ever get round to making a Stone Monkey radio together, <laughs> um, we can put some nice short bits in that. Because it's basically just a series of very short skits. Yes, we need to do that as a thing together. It's fake news! <laughs> what else did you put in all eyes this week? Uh, I've been watching a lot of Pushing Up Roses on YouTube. Yes, who um, um Twitter mutuals with them. You want you... <laughs> I say. Oh, yeah. We're Twitter mutuals, do we? Yeah, we're Twitter mutuals. We follow each other, don't you know? I say, earlier, support each other, not earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been enjoying all the nostalgia with the uh, the classic 90s uh, PC gaming adventure games. Uh, we've had lots of cover for, obviously, all the, the LucasArts games. And she is very into the King's Quest series, and I've <laughs> never really got into the... the uh, the sort of Sierra games because I didn't like the you can die all the time you can get most of the way through the game and realise you've forgotten something yeah. um, and I, I suppose there was there is a, a sense of replayability to that like, that is how you're supposed to do but I much prefer the LucasArts of okay you're in you have access to these rooms and these rooms only there is no way of getting locked in, so somewhere in here is an answer to all your problems. You, and you, as long as the moon logic's not too bad, you can generally get through it. I get the impression that you prefer, like, the escape room setup, where it's like, this is a closed environment, the solution is in this closed environment, don't worry, you've got everything you need to do this, hmm. rather than, like, here's an open-ended problem, and here's the world, go. Yeah, oh, well, like I enjoyed Breath of the Wild, but um, something like King's Quest, especially the the level of moon logic you used to get in those things, yeah. and then I think it's King's Quest Five has got some ridiculous Rumpelstiltskin. Um, oh yes, in it, and it's misspelt and not spelt in the the sort of common way anyway for the regions it was released in. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, no. There are some impossible puzzles in those things. Yeah, and, and like, uh, maybe I just haven't had enough time to experience the humour of them, but I just generally found, like, most of the LucasArts games I played, uh, I had a brilliant time I... with, and they were really funny. I mean, but don't get me wrong, like, there's other point-and-clicks that I was also very fond of. Uh, Beneath the Steel Sky isn't a LucasArts one. Mm. Um... And that's the only one I can... Oh, uh, Simon the Sorcerer. Yeah. Um, did you know that was originally uh, planned to be a Discworld-related game? I had no idea. Could not get the licensing, so so spun off into their own series. Heck. I quite like that idea. Yeah. So you've been... the Wizard of the Wardrobe and... What's the second one called? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, well. So you've been... Have you been... You've been enjoying watching Pushing Up Roses yeah, coverage good. of them games? All, all of the, the classic adventure games. I've enjoyed the nostalgia hit of that. <laughs> and somebody else that is apparently roughly my age going, I remember calling up the hint lines much to my parents' disappointment. <laughs> 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 yeah, because I, I spent quite a long time stuck on one of the puzzles in Full Throttle. And no matter how many times I rang back and rang up more of my parents' phone bill, I still didn't really understand. Um, if you play Full Throttle, the puzzle is near the end. You have to kick a wall at um, roughly eye line for the character and make a, a door open when these um, meters are all in alignment. Um, 
it's sort of explained to you as, oh yeah, when I was a kid, this crack used to meet up with my eyeline. So you think, is it where my character's eyeline should be? Or would it be where her eyeline would be as a child? And if you don't do it just the right time, you might miss it anyway. So did I kick it at the right time? Or did I not kick it at the right time? And I kept ringing up just going, I'm sure I'm doing this. I'm sure I'm in the right place and I'm supposed to be doing this, but it's not working. Yeah. And I kept ringing out. I think we ended up with something like a £60 phone bill, like over the top of. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was a lot of uh, housework and, and stuff I had to do. I can imagine. <laughs> But yeah, uh, what what you what you what you watch? Uh, so another silly thing that I've been watching um, is uh, Tim and Eric's awesome show, which is uh, it's a, a sketch based show that is one of those like late nineties, early two thousands things where it's like it, it is a little bit lol so random. Um, this is all very silly and weird, and that's kind of part of the fun. Um, we watched a couple of episodes of that on on YouTube over the weekend, um, and there are some very weird, silly skits that get very stuck in my head and that me and my friends will just quote at each other. Yeah. Uh, there is one in which a man who is pretty bad at ventriloquism sits there with a very strange orange tiger puppet and sings a song about an alien species who say hello to each other by saying Salome, and it's it's very, very strange. It's his. He he. Ha this person seems so oddly sincere in the way it's being done. Like it does not come off like an act. It comes off like this is a person who, very sincerely, just wants to sing you a song with his puppet about th this alien species called the Corinians. That just they say Salome. That's what the Corinians say again and again. It's. I will have to show you it at some point. It sounds adorable. It's. It's the sort of like era of weird comedy where if you try and explain it to someone. It just sounds. It doesn't. It, yeah, it sounds. It sounds bonkers. It sounds odd, and it's not until you watch it that you go, "Oh, I understand the cocktail of like awkward yet sincere that like is amusing here." So, look up Salome S A L A M E Tim and Eric. That's that's a thing. Uh, I, I think there was a skit we saw that was quite funny. That was um. Two warring businesses trying to sell prices, so it's like ah, come come to. I think I've seen yeah. that. Come to Eric's discount prices. We've got six seventeen and four dollars twelve. Yeah, you've shown me that. Yeah, and then the other guy comes in. He's like, no, come get my premium prices. Twenty dollars nineteen nineteen. They're like, come come get these good prices, and they're just having a war trying to sell each other prices. Yeah, that's it's kind of funny. Yeah, they have some amusing stuff, and it's stuff that like. It's silly and light-hearted, and you can have a chuckle at it while getting a bit drunk. So hmm. that that was the thing I watched. Nice. Yeah. What about you? That's all the things are shoved in my eyes. Uh, I watched one other thing this week. Then <gasps> what watch? I've been watching the YouTube channel Drawfee, which is a channel I quite enjoy just casually having on in the background sometimes. Basically, they will come up with a theme, and it'll be something like off-brand. Um, off-brand characters from Steven Universe, or uh, someone on our team doesn't know what Pokemon are, will name a Pokemon and they have to try and draw them based on the name. And then it's just like an art stream in real time where they have a nice chat about the topic at hand and come up with usually horrifically <laughs> beautiful creations that are all like, 
yes, that is beautifully within the style and very talent, uh, like creatively well done. But also, you've created a nightmare abomination. It's if you've ever watched um, Monster Factory, the no, this was uh, Griffin McElroy, I think, uh, on Polygon using character creators to make very terrifying characters. Uh, it's it feels very similar in tone. It's we're gonna draw weird stuff based on topics for half an hour and have a lovely, like, very low, chilled chat while they draw beautifully terrifying creations. Nice. Uh, anything else you put in your eyes? No, but I have just remembered I need to make two fluffy holsters by the weekend. Uh, it's gonna be a long week, isn't it? It's gonna be a long week. Uh, so, so anyway. Next thing. Next so we are clear to begin the hugging procedure. Uh, Snoogle hug initiating in three, two, one, launch. Approaching angle tilts at fifteen percent. Opening arms ready for docking. Arms opened. Approaching at. So you might want to slow down. You're coming in a little bit hot. Oh, oh, slowing down, applying, applying the brakes and the thrusters. Don't want to enter that hug too quickly. And we are docked. Hugging initiated. Then we have hug. We have hug. Arms closing to secure the hug. Hug lock initiated. Right, how long do we need in order to, to successfully do the hug? How, how, how long should we leave them docked? I mean, I'll, I'll happily stay here for a while. Oh, that's all right. We'll just... I mean, I'm very... Very, very into you. Oh, I'm, I'm very into you too. I guess we'll just, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll yeah. just, we'll just, we'll just leave it like this until further notice. Have a lovely cuddle. Oh, yeah. that's all right. Mission accomplished. Yes. <laughs> Starman yes. waiting in the sky. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, so welcome to the Cryptid Hunters, where today we are going to be looking for the most uh, rare and elusive of uh, creatures that is believed uh, by some to exist and by some to be a figment of imagination. Yeah. But we're not talking about um, about the Bigfoot, no. No, or the Sasquatch, or even the Chupacabra. Indeed, it's not even the Loch Ness Monster. No. We are going to be talking today about that friend you remember from a few years ago who just sort of dropped off the face of the earth. Yes, it was most concerning. It was almost like no one knew who it was. Oh, indeed. I remembered our friendship. Indeed. So today we're going to be that that friend Simon. You remember Simon, right? I, I think Simon was a person that we... Simon or I think Dave... Yeah, or, or or Sue was it? But so we, we, it was that one. It was that one. What we went to that party with, and we had a great time together. And we had that lovely long chat. It was very, very oh, social. Yes, yes. It, yeah. was, it was very, very, very intense conversation. Yeah. I've never felt quite so connected to another human In, being. Indeed. And here's the problem: is that both of us remember that this person existed. I However, I thought it. Uh, we've we've tried to find evidence of their existence, and. Uh, apart from one or two blurry videos with uh, no, no, you know, cut out a proper zoom, uh, a couple of blurry photographs and maybe a footprint here or I'm there. I'm fairly certain some of those were fakes, you know. Oh, I'm pretty sure. But the problem, obviously, is both of us are convinced this person existed and with no word, they just thought it vanished. And... Absolutely. It's a mystery. Indeed. Many I have told about this elusive, uh, elusive friend. Just, just believe that maybe they're, they're an amalgamation of three or four different friends I had in, in, in college and maybe 
Maybe it's just sort of Mandela of, effect. Indeed, maybe I just sort of put a couple of stories together and invented a new Bertham. But I'm 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 sure that they were real. I thought they, they had that, that that sort of red car that they we went home in that one time. Yes, yes, I remember there was um there was a a, a, a Volvic bottle on the on the, in the footwell. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. Yes. And, 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 and on a hot day, you'd think. Oh, I, Maybe I'll drink. No, 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 I won't drink It's that. probably been there for a while. It was in there at least the 18 months we were, we were, we were hanging out together. Yeah. It was jolly good fun. I've, I've tried looking up reunions for that college and there's no. just no record of them. I don't know. It's, it's very peculiar yeah. indeed. Well, perhaps it was a friend of a friend that was just hanging out with the other college I, students. I don't know. So here's, here's, here's the thing. Uh, our jail for now has gone dry, but next week we will be going on Facebook and just typing in random names that we think might be the right name. Uh, and, and looking up Facebook accounts of friends that we think know that friend to see if they still know that friend. Um, what if we don't know those friends either? Oh, I don't know. Until next time, if you find out who that friend was we knew in college, please let us know. Also, we found a lot, we found a lot there's monster actually, but we'll, we'll, we'll get around to that next time. We'll get around to that next time. On Cryptid Hunters. Cryptid Hunters. <laughs> What did you put in your ear hole places? Uh, so I, I've got I've, I've got a few songs and things I put in my ear holes this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to a track called "The Champion" by an artist called Carmen, and I vaguely told you about this earlier. Mm. This is I, I've not heard it in about fifteen years, and I don't know what made me remember it at MCM this weekend. Oh, I was having a chat with my friend uh, my friend Makeda about. The music that we heard growing up in churches. Mm. And I got thinking about this track, The Champion, which is an eight-minute prog rock song about God and the devil having a boxing match. It's very over-the-top, very excessive, and it is just this very dramatic encounter of like, yeah, we're going to have a big boxing match. God manages to avoid getting punched even once for 40 days and 40 nights. Devil punches him in the face once and he, he's down for the count. Apparently God is not good at taking a punch. Um, and then, because he is God, he comes back to life and he doesn't actually end up having to beat the devil in the boxing match. They start doing like the pin count and he gets back up and because he got back up, he won. He didn't have to like throw a punch at the devil at any point. Seems legit. Um, I think he that God kept healing himself magically because he healed people because like he'd healed people that magic came back round to help him and he got healed and basically it ends up with like three minutes of just going god is great he beat the devil you should that's like worship the cheatiest him. boss fight ever yeah a little bit cheaty boss fight it's it's the kind of thing that was like we want we want these teenagers in this baptist church to be engaged with the idea that god is cool Therefore, let's have him punch the devil in the face. Except he never actually throws a punch at the devil. If, if anything, it made the devil sound cool. He at least, like, you know, got a punch in. Indeed. <laughs> so, Indeed. I, I would recommend that one not because I think it's actually a good song, but it will give you a good insight into what, like, what my life was like when I was, like, 13, 14. Mm. That's about when this track was like, yeah, yeah, young Laura, God's really hecking cool, yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you put in your ears? I listened to some more Oscar Schuster. 
Oh, that's I've the person who does nice, the nice floaty music. I've needed some calm floaty music um, between um, all the MCMness. Um, so I listened to the, um, probably going to butcher this, uh, Sneewland, S-N-E-E-U-W-L-A-N-D, um, album. And, and I've mentioned tracks I like, I like off this album before. It's got Wunder on it. I haven't even got as far as Wunder yet. Um, oh. But I've just it's been nice to sort of, especially getting on and off trains, to to listen to some some nice calm piano-y, plinky, music boxy yeah. goodness of Oscar Schulstar. What have you all listened to? <laughs> uh, so I mentioned last week Haley Kiyoko, that very openly like gay lady artist who I was digging. Um, and up, up, I've been really digging one of her songs in particular, which the title might suggest pretty heckin' lesbian song. This <gasps> one, it's called "Girls Like Girls." We do, yeah, and it is just about how like, hey, you know how our boys like girls, G- girls do that too, and I'm like, mm, big, big mood, big, 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 mood. big mood. I do many loves it, on the girls. I, I do many Especially loves on the girls too. Close to me, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I. I was feeling very big mood about about just like be heckin' gay. That that was a big theme of this week. All of my all of my gay friends, all of my lovely homosexual and bisexual friends were at the convention, and we were all just feeling pretty heckin' gay. All the gay things, true gay, true no, <laughs> true gay doesn't sound good. That sounds very gatekeepery. It does. Yeah, let's true get gay. <laughs> You left me homos by the door. <laughs> and that's where we move on from this bit. What have you listened to? More gayness. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten now. I was too distracted by all the lovely gayness. Uh, no, I had it. What was it? I showed you the thing. I was listening to it downstairs while cooking dinner. Yeah, good job, Brian. Oh, good job, Brain. Yes. Yes. Uh, good job, Brain. That that, that sort podcast of... you keep recommending on this show. Yeah, that one that's like a trivia quiz show yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, where did you start with it? With a new episode, or did you the go back to the episode one? Episode one. How are you getting on with it? Back to the beginning. It's very good. It's it's just a very light-hearted, primarily female quiz show. Where it's like here's silly topics, and we yeah. you learn some things. It's it's a nice sort of general knowledge quizzy stuff, and you can sort of sit there and talk to your um, podcasting device of choice, and <laughs> and and and. and get some of the answers right yeah like they some of their episodes are more like we're gonna do quest uh, do quiz questions sometimes it's like here's a topic we're just gonna teach you about that topic this week and yeah it's always pretty light-hearted and all in good fun and yeah. it's, it's rather lovely it's nice yeah it's, it's like qi without the related politics <laughs> <laughs> it it has very much replaced where QI used to be in my life. Yeah. Which, I'm glad that I found a good replacement. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good. Have you, have you shoved anything else in your oh, ears? I've chucked, a, I've chucked a few more things in my ears. Shoot. Uh, I listened to Hotel California by the Eagles a oh. bunch, because every now and then I just really, like, get it in my head that I'm like... That track sounds really good in a nice pair of headphones, and I just want to listen to this song of like, ah, oh, you you went yeah. to a hotel, and now now you can you can leave whenever. Oh, what you was can it? check out any time, time you like, but, but you can, can never leave. leave. Uh, not much to say about that, other than that that track is still like a f- fucking belter of a track. 
there's some cracking cracking guitar in and the Eagles that's... generally are pretty fucking yeah. good like talent wise I don't yeah. I can't think that I've really listened to a huge amount of their stuff but I do really like Journey yeah. of the Sorcerer here's the thing like I, I might just over this next week just put on a bunch of the Eagles because like everything of theirs I've heard incredibly like talented guitar work and very clever lyricism like they're very good at lyricism that like paints a pretty vivid picture. I'm of course slightly concerned by by what I might find if I Google some of their lyrics. Uh, I, don't I mean, know. I I don't know. I could be completely wrong. It would be nice to be wrong, but I, obviously they're of an age where you sort of go, hmm, is it awful? It's entirely possible, but they the things I am aware of, they've done some poetic lyricism, and I apologise if that is not reflective of their whole <laughs> discography. Well, I, I mean, the, the main ones I, I think about when I think about the Eagles are Hotel California and Journey of the Sorcerer. And Journey of the Sorcerer doesn't even have any lyrics. <laughs> I mainly came to find that because it was the theme tune to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when it was oh, on the BBC. Heck. But the full extended version of that track is really fucking good. Yeah, they are some. They make good musics. Mm, nice. Yeah. What about you? You listen to me? That, that, that was basically my listening. If anything, I'm coming up with things on the fly now. Oh, well, in that case, I've got one extra track to throw in. So the last one I listened to is a track called Snow by an artist called Ricky Montgomery. Uh, it starts with, like, very slow, echoey guitar notes that are, mm-hmm. like, quite... There's a lot of, like, ambient sound to these echoey guitar notes. Mm-hmm. It very slowly over... I think it's, like, six-plus minutes. Ooh. It does a very slow build in intensity. Um... The way I tried to describe it, and I don't know if this makes sense to anyone outside of my brain, as a track, it kind of feels like driving fast down a dark road where just every now and then there's like a, a spotlight, like a street light goes over you fast. It felt like that of a track, and I don't know how to quantify that it sounded like that, but it sounded like that looks. So... Uh, yeah, on top of that, it's just sort of, it builds up with like this drum layer, then this like rock guitar layer very satisfying way that it builds its intensity um and it just sort of sings about trying to find the confidence to speak your mind and fight to keep going and nice. i very much dug that track mm. is that is that everything we've listened to then that's everything we've shoved in our ears i, I so think we should probably do like a musical break maybe some skits maybe, maybe. Good? yeah we'll do that. inside the ballroom of electronic actisoft welcome come in for the meeting come in for the meeting Hi, hi, yeah. So, um, are we all ready for the, uh, E4, uh, in, in the next couple of weeks? We're all ready for that, yeah? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm very ready for all the new video game reveals we're going to do. Yeah, well, you know, I th- I'm thinking less video game reveals and more how can we get more money from our consumers for the least possible amount of work. Well, see, I've got an idea of how we can, we can get more money. And sell it as a pro-consumer move to those video game consumers. Sure. So you've got loot boxes where you can uh, open a box and get a random item and it might be the thing you want. Um, yeah. I think we do loot box loot boxes. So you pay for a, for, for a, for a randomised box and you open it yeah. up 
And you might get one of the uh, shitty low-value loot boxes, sure, the sort of sure. like the wooden loot box, or you might get the diamond loot box. And then once you've got the diamond loot box, it doesn't guarantee you're going to get the good item from that. No, sure, no, no, no. So I think we, we charge, let's say there's, what, five tiers of loot box. We charge about the middle. dollars uh, Yeah, we, 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 we charge for the, you know, the value of like the middle loot box. And most of the time you'll get the, the worst loot box for your money. Sure, but sure. It's you, a great way you to scam might, you might, you might, you might occasionally once in a million Sometimes we'll give them the good one. Yeah, I think it, we've used like a Googleplex of zeros after the decimal point, and they maybe That's a what, one hundred and one zeros is it? Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, it's it's gonna be good. There's gonna be a lot of zeros in there. Very very minimal chance that we'll have to give anything. And we've actually set up a little algorithm behind the scenes that makes sure that if you get a, a piece from an armor set, it's not gonna be matching with anything you've got. <laughs> But probably will be deeply desirable. Brilliant. Now, what's, what ideas have you got for our uh, press conference? Well, I was thinking about, we, we have all these booth staff, we have all this booth space on the floor, and, and, and like, there's a lot of people that will give us, like, huge amounts of money as one-off, um, but I've, I've come up with a better idea. We're going to set up a fake cash machine in the middle of our booth. Ooh. We're going to, it's going to be one of the few, uh, cash machines that you don't have to have the big queue to get into. And then we're just going to scam people's cards and, 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 uh, and take their, uh, their, uh, pin numbers. And we're, we're just going to empty their bank accounts and then lose them out the back of the convention, have them, have them kicked out, say that they've, they've done something inappropriate to, to one of the booth staff who, uh, will also, uh, sell them highly addictive narcotics um, because that way we can get them to come back to us. See, I like your idea, but the problem is is we're it's a little too brazen for my taste. So what I'm going to suggest is we sort of wrap this up a little bit. Sure. What we do, what we do is we announce a new video game. It doesn't ever have to come out. We can cancel it, whatever. Sure. And this Taking new the game, Phoenix. yeah, this new game is about um c- cyber fraud and uh, uh-huh. near future world where narcotics are, um, you know, rampant. Sure. And on the we use the booth space at the convention, yeah. to do a, a live action experience to promote this game sure and that's what the live action experience is is we rob their card and we give them the drugs and we kick them out but they'll they'll buy into it because they'll go oh yeah i gotta live out a real life version of that game they announced and they won't even be mad that we took all their money awesome and then we'll make sure that they are picked up by some of our guys dressed as cops uh, so let's get the drugs back off them, <gasps> and then uh, we can obviously just recycle that back into uh, back into the, our thing, and then have those people locked away for eternal slave labor. And I feel like this bit is just getting more and more terrifyingly real. So we should probably just I, I keep ending skits like this is probably not healthy. Yeah, we start doing a skit. Up on my soapbox. We we suddenly <laughs> we're doing a thing that's not even a joke because really the prison system is unpaid labor. We've got an impartial justice as warriors. We oh, have indeed. This is not the right rough action. man voice for right. that. Baz and Laz. Baz and Laz. Anyway, so I think uh, I think we got a brilliant thing here. We're gonna fleece some more, uh, fleece some more of the market share, and um, so we're all ready for E4, the Evil Electronic Entertainment Expo. <laughs> yeah. Hello, hello, Pedro. How how are you doing today? Well, um, I've, 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 you know, obviously you remember the last time you saw me, I, I was coming in 
uh, just before uh, getting my lower surgery. Done. Oh yes, yes, this is what six six months ago or something like yeah, that. Yes, yes. yes. I'm, 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 I've obviously had my my lower surgery done. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with my my knee vagina, and and that's really you know really working out for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm super happy with everything. And and like obviously, I'm not getting really any pain anymore. I'm, I, I've managed to drop down to to dilating just twice a day now, and and that's even even that's getting easier. But um. And there, there, there were some things I was, I was very much prepared for before, before surgery, but uh, I, I've not really experienced, and I'm, I'm getting a bit concerned. Oh, oh, you can't be having any of that sort of concern. Um, what, what, what were, what were you gearing up for that um, has not happened? Is, is it a case of um, you were, you were expecting to um, have, have an easier time with uh, dilation by now? Were you expecting the granulation tissue to have gone? No, 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 and then the granulation was dealt with at my most recent checkup, and that's all fine. It was obviously a, a bit sore at the time, uh, to say the least. But I was more concerned about the fact that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not regretting it. Oh, oh goodness! Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd been led to believe that I was going to have some pretty serious regrets about the whole process, and and I was going to be thinking about de, de, uh, detransitioning by now, and. And I'm concerned that hasn't yeah, happened. Well, I've been reading a lot of radical feminist forums, and they as, seem to say that that is is the way of things. As as someone who's not not done any of this nonsense, um, I I I read the newspapers though, and I uh, as far as I was aware, that was the thing as well. As you're going to have surgery, and then all of a sudden you're just going to go, nope, this is a terrible idea, and you're going to hate everything you've done. This it seems to be seems to be the narrative going around these days. Yeah, so I'm very concerned because I'm obviously I'm very happy with the results. I I, I managed an orgasm the other day. Oh, what a what a terribly in in uh, 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 out of nowhere response. Judging by what I see in the media, I, I know. I mean, I mean, I was expecting to to sort of be uh, sort of self hating by now. Yes, and... you're supposed to hate everything in life yeah, by now. And and you know, I'm supposed to be regretting it and and trying to build bridges with my my family who were really abusive about the whole thing and and telling them how right they were, and and appearing in sort of radical feminist literature. Uh, sort of saying about the how the whole trans movement was was very wrong and bad. And... Well, um, I'm sure you're probably just an outlier. And it's probably fine, and um, um, I I hope that that that, that you um are I, I hope that you're okay with this. Definitely not the, the norm s- series of events. <laughs> uh, neither of us have trans regret. It seems like a far fetched thing. I love my vagina, it's awesome. My, my vagina's pretty great. fucking cool. Yours, yours is delightful, man. <laughs> so. So. Prepare your brain. My brain? For our wonderful and delightful listeners. <gasps> what have they done? They have They have given us some questions. Questions. <gasps> some questions. Would you like to answer some questions? Why not? Okay. Just, well. just a couple. I need to have a nap after this. A napkin. Very well. Son would like to know why you did we go veggie. Well, you went veggie vegan. I'll get to me in a minute, you do you. Okay, well, I was never a big meat person anyway. I didn't eat a... What? You're a human being and therefore a meat person. <laughs> I was never a big enjoyer of eating meats. Um, I've never been a person to be like... I, I, I'm not a particularly big fan of bacon. It's got too much, like... It's not consistent in its, it's texture. texture no. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't like a good steak. I'm too paranoid to eat them rare, and they're not 
good texture when they're well done. Chewy. I've, yeah, I've just never been a big meat person. Um, I like chicken. And I'll have, like, you know, processed sausages or something. I was never a big dairy person because it did weird texture things in a lot of forms for me. Mm. And because of that, it... I... Here's the thing. I started having less meat in my diet. Primarily, like, when we started being more in each other's lives. Because it was like, you introduced me to soy chunks and soy mints. Where I was like, oh... This is basically chicken. Yeah, it's basically chicken. But it's cheaper, it keeps better in the cupboard, and it's easier to prepare. And I don't, like, have my weird paranoias about undercooking it, because it's, like... You can eat it raw. You, you can eat it raw, you add it to water, and, like, it soaks up some water and gets hot, and that's it done. And at that point, I was like, oh, this is easy. So I, I swapped out most of my, like, meat for soy stuff then. And then as sort of us moving in together sort of got closer and closer to being a thing and we talked about that, I was like, mm. I was like, you know, if we're going to be living together, I don't have a huge amount of stuff that isn't vegan anyway. Mm. I might as well just start moving that way. So like I started swapping out, like if I wanted sausages, I went and got vegan, I went and got vegan sausages. I, you know, wasn't, wasn't getting chicken anymore, which I, you know, wasn't preparing at home much anyway. Swapped out uh, dairy stuff for vegan dairy stuff, and that was really it. It was just sort of... I'd known for years it was going to be really easy for me to give up most meat meat or animal product things. Mm. And I've just been going that way, because it seemed like if I'm going to be living with you... It makes sense to do, and it's not any great sacrifice. Well, I I have no problem with you bringing meat or dairy into the house. Oh, I, I, I just yeah. will not eat it myself. Yeah, it's like you'll occasionally like you came home the other week with like some prawn cocktail crisps for me because you know I like those yeah. even though they're not vegan. And I think they're veggie though. I'm I think, sure those I think ones don't yeah, contain those, those yeah. ones those ones are veggie but not vegan. I think it's milk in the yeah. prawn cocktail walkers. There's some Sainsbury's do a, a, a vegan prawn cocktail crisp, but to... they don't do like six packs on their own. You have to buy yeah. the multi pack with the the yeah, salted and so forth. Um, but yeah, like other than that, like I've, I've not. I had I had Haribo the other week because I'm like because sometimes kids I and grown ups love it. So. <laughs> sometimes I fancy a, just a chewy, fruity oh, texture, no, 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 no. flavor sensation, and I've not found a good vegan alternative. But exactly, or not affordably anyway. No, there isn't. Um, like I've I've had like vegan um, like chewies, like like Haribo yeah. style things. And whatever form of gelling agent they use, just, it doesn't chew like gelatin. It's just not gelatin. doesn't taste like animal connective tissue that's been <laughs> boiled. <laughs> so, yeah. When you put it that way, it's kind of gross, but yeah, um, uh, otherwise it's quite nice. But um, for my point, um, I uh, and, and as I mentioned in the question, I, I previously mentioned, so I don't die. Um, so uh, I was... Um, I think I'd been out about five years. I'd been in in the process of transitioning medically and and going to the GIC and stuff. And almost from like the first trip there, they'd said, we need to get you on hormones. Because I was already full-time. I'd already changed my name. I'd done basically everything before my first appointment that I possibly could. I gave up smoking publicly. Um, (laughs) Um... but yeah, I mean, I, I cut down from I smoke fags every day to I, I smoke once or twice a week, or not at all. Yeah. Um. And and 
so eventually I sort of got as far as uh, after going chewing through two GPs that I had to report and and get them. I think they ended up getting sacked because they kept basically gatekeeping to a ridiculous degree that was driven by personal bias rather than any. You don't say that there are sometimes doctors who will gatekeep trans people for their own own beliefs. (gasps) Yeah. So um. Basically, I I'd been sort of held back for sort of, uh, like I say, four or five years, and I I finally got a doctor who was like, yes, we'll get you on hormones. Just want to check your blood pressure, obviously, because there's a risk of, of blood pressure issues. And they took my blood pressure. And I think it was something like 194 over 120. And um, they said, well, that's not going to happen for a little while. We need to get you to um, a dialysis clinic. Like, ASAP. Um, so I was signed on the local um, kidney clinic to see what I, I was like. And I had my ECGs and all that other good stuff. And 24-hour uh, heart rate <laughs> monitoring and stuff. Which was fun, because apparently around 2am, my heart just stopped beating. <gasps> um, no. Which was fun. They, they diagnosed me as having incredibly high blood pressure and at immediate risk of heart attack and stroke. And they were like, right, you've got to give up salt and dairy and red meat and all these other things. Like, don't really like most of those things anyway. So I'll just, um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, cut down. I, I, I have a bit of chicken. And then I realised, but, but basically chicken and the little bit of cheese I was allowed seemed a little bit redundant. So I just... I discovered soy chunks while they while one while looking for sort of cheap alternatives to eat. Soy um, chunks are a gateway drug to giving up meat. They really are. I, I I basically spent that entire summer eating nothing but um like salad wraps covered in nooch nutritional yeast um and that was really good and I was just like you know what you know I think come New Year as the start of the New Year I'm just going to go vegan and see how that does for me and that was what two and a half years ago now so I've Doing all right. Yeah. Doing all right. And then I I got more vegan as it went on because I met my friend Tor, who is like a a proper hardcore vegan and has been for years and does animal rescue stuff and and wildlife aid and and things like that. She's not like militant vegan and like, no, No, you can't be my friend if you eat meat. She's not vegan police, but as a result of knowing her, I have Mm. encountered actual vegan police. People who will be like, so where did you get your shoes? Where you wearing? Ma- I see you wearing makeup. Where did you get that from? Is that tested? Let and like you, you can say whatever you like, and they'll want to check packets. Uh-huh. Uh, and 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 they'll they'll want to know the the maker of your shoes, and they want to check things. And like, I I saw one of these people. I'm not going to name names. I saw one of these people uh, turn around to someone at a party, and they've gone, oh yeah, I, these these aren't leather. Don't worry, they're they're all plastic. Yes, and and she basically googled this person's shoes, <laughs> and and found out that the glue that held the the sole onto the main boot was um had animal derivatives in it, and she went fucking ballistic at this person, ah. like ah uh, like I I I get that you have a cause, but like don't chase. I don't think it's a. I mean, I don't think it's a good idea to chase away people who are. Doing better. I, I think if someone has made an active effort to be better about the choices they make, and you shout at them for not going further than that, 
you're only risking pushing them away from your cause, not helping them in. Yeah, and and I know that that argument could be used very differently in very different contexts, but those are relevant to those contexts only. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to the next one? Uh, yeah, I will just very quickly say, you know, you had your sort of like date of when you were going to do things. Mm-hmm. For me, it was once my my sort of mental thing was once I move in with Jane, anything I cook at home will be vegan, mm-hmm. and I will. Where I there are alternatives, I will use alternatives that are vegan, and that's sort of where I've gone. So I do yeah. appreciate, and it's been it's been a good first month or so. It's been about a month and a day. Congratulations! I think yeah. Mm. That's how long we've been living together. Heckins, heck, right. Uh, next question. Jade Kiwi wants to know how do I get better at going yeah at my friends. Uh, practice. You do. Yeah. Um, or maybe you slip into a full skeleton and just yeah, yeah. Why no? I'm just going yeah, and you're not not bothered by it. You've got to just be like us, where we will just drop into character voices for no reason, even around <laughs> friends. Tell the, me about it. Yeah. Yesterday, when we were having a drink down the beach, and I was just like, oh, yes. Yes, yes, hello, hello, our friend Davina. Hello, Jim. Yes. yes, I'm going to have another gin. Oh, no, I've had a couple too many gins. I'm going to I'm gonna have, to, I'm gonna have to put my face over the uh, toilet in the, in the train. It's, it's, oh, it's frightfully too much gin. Of all, of all the places to, to have to dangle your face over for a prolonged period of time, you sounded like you were hunched over a, a train toilet. <laughs> Like, you were there for like 25 minutes like, You're okay darling well, In my defence <laughs> You're not coming out it, soon it, I'm going to have to go for a in, wee in another In time, my but... defence I was only actually sick for like 2 minutes At most and the rest of it, to just stay no, the rest of it was this train's going to start moving, and I just want to make sure that when it starts moving, that doesn't make me sick again. And the That's train bad. took considerably longer to move than I thought. I kept being like, I did message you. I was like, it's about going to be about twenty minutes before the train. Leaves. I didn't pick up on that. I was very drunk. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, we, I'm sitting outside, <laughs> just going, no. Um, uh, there's another one just down there. And eventually I was like, I need to wait. Everything yeah. is sepia. I apologise. I am full. Between three of us, we got through a bottle of uh, Bombay Sapphire. A litre of Bombay Sapphire. A litre of Bombay Sapphire. Plus, it is indeed. Plus some ciders and some other drinks. Bunch of cider. We got through a lot of drinks I had three yesterday. cans of Pims and three cans of um, like rum and coke. I had three big ciders and then like probably a third of a bottle of gin. Yeah. Heck. Yeah. Next question. Uh, which finder Jenna would like to know if a picture is worth a thousand words and the face of Helen of Troy launched a thousand ships, would a picture of the face of Troy be worth uh, face of Helen of Troy be worth a million words or launch a thousand ships? I think it would be worth a thousand words that sent off a thousand ships and it's each word sent off one ship, so it's like go go <laughs> that was a sneeze. So that would be a million ships that were launched. Just go, 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 go. I, I, I think it's just each. Just the word yeah, go. The word go. Times. The word go at each ship. You just keep saying go, and then another ship goes, and that's how you balance out the the words and the ships. Ah, see, I concluded that it would tell a million word story about launching a thousand ships. Oh, that works too. Mm. What's what's next on questions? Uh, Becky Toothill would like to know: Do you what do you wish had been explained to some of the people you've encountered in life? Hmm. I wish I could explain to me biological father that 
inviting someone around to tell them all of the amazing things you're spending money on and then not ask anything about how they're doing? Not the best parenting technique. Not the best one. How about you? That got a bit real there, sorry about that. I couldn't think of a silly answer. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. Um, while it might be funny in the moment, and to you, and maybe some of your sniggering friends, you might think that it is funny to be an absolute cunt to people. Like, it is more fun for everyone to just have a bit of a laugh and, 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 and be nice. Yeah. And and have sort of fun that everyone can laugh at, rather than just yeah. going, I've said something horribly offensive and been really yeah. shitty. You, you, if, if you want to have a laugh with your friends without being shitty to someone, go watch a Vine compilation for an hour. And if you don't have any friends, maybe you will get more of them by being nice to yeah. people rather than going, ah. Go, go watch a Vine compilation, then whenever you see your friend, go, I want to see my little boy. Because it's a weird thing that got stuck in your head because you watched a Vine over and over. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Country Gooder wants to know, when was the last time you went swimming? Uh, Last time I went swimming was about six months ago. I need to get swimming again. Life just got really busy when I started the new job. Um, I really heckin' love swimming. I fucking love it. Used to do it multiple times a week. I would like to get back into swimming. I don't know where our nearest swimming club is or swimming pool. Just down the road. Oh heck! <laughs> it's you, it's probably about fifteen minutes walk from here. You'll have to highlight to me where is a good nearby swimming place because I might. Just I don't like... know if it's good. Okay, well, <laughs> if it's got water, it's probably all right for me. But I need to go swimming again and basically just work life balance, and then the move has just kind of kept me from doing it for a while. Mm. So I used to be I used to be fifteen minutes walk from a place where I could go swimming, and that was a lot easier. And then when I moved to, like, the last place I was in, I was probably a good hour's trip to go swimming, and that was just... Actually, no, I went swimming about three months ago. I went swimming in the sea Ooh. with my roller oh, derby yeah, people. yeah, yeah, you did your, your night diving. Yeah, we, we, we went out at, like, 11.30 at night after a big roller derby practice and went swimming in the ocean together and sang songs from The Little Mermaid. It was a magical evening. <laughs> When did you last go swimming? Uh, October 27th, 2010. It's weird that I remember that off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, how did you, did you remember that? I was on honeymoon. Ah. Well, we were saying this literally the other day. We need to go swimming together sometime. We were saying this literally the other day. Yeah. Um, it didn't, didn't make me any less terrified of the concept. Uh, I fucking love swimming. We will go swimming together. It'll be magical. We'll I make it. I remember uh, very much loving swimming as a child. We will go have a wonderful swim together. Yay! We will report back here when we have had a swim. I, <laughs> I will continue to look terrified in the background. Oh God, I've not written my handwriting girl. Is it an R or an M? Uh, Jenny Artorius, uh, how do you find a job doing creative things rather than feeding the capitalist machine? Um, my solution: do both for a while. Feed the capitalist machine, but because the capitalist machine requires very little of your creativity and only your labour, during the times when it requires less of your labour, be thinking of like, ah, what creative thing do can I think about, and then jot it down, and then be like, aha, I've used some of the capitalist machine's time to come up with my own creative ideas. Fuck you, capitalism, you just paid for me to think about a creative idea. And then you go home and do your creative thing. Yeah. 
So basically keep doing the creative thing until you can find an audience. Yeah. Um, there is a certain degree of luck, I think, um, because there are a lot of people that are very talented and, and will create and create and create and might never be spotted. Yeah. And that's not I, fun to think about. I know uh, certain groups like to bandy the, uh, the whole meritocracy thing around, but sadly we don't really live in one of those. Yeah, I, I'm well aware that like my moment in the spotlight happened because Jim Sterling, who had a much bigger audience than me, was like, hey, come be on a thing and a bunch of people will see you. And that just kind of like... I was lucky to be spotted by the right person who gave me the right opportunity. There's a lot of that that goes on, but... But I think like if you keep doing the thing and, and keep getting better... Yeah. You, somebody is going to notice you eventually. You maximise your chances of doing the thing as a... The creative thing as a job if you keep doing the creative thing and not as a job. Yeah. Until... Like, it's very easy... <sighs> I've heard this talked about before, and I, I I quite like this way of talking about it, is, yes, there is a lot of luck in getting into creative industries, but that luck doesn't happen by itself. No. You've got to work hard for that luck to happen. You have to put yourself in the place where luck can take over. Yes. Like, sure, you might be lucky that the right... Like, say you want to be a musician, a singer, and, you know, you had the lucky break of the right person heard you, and they forwarded you due to a record label... You had to go out probably and sing and sing and sing until just by the virtue of how often you were doing it and how good you were getting and how many places you were, that's why you were in the place that someone luckily heard you. It's be everywhere, be doing the thing, maximise your chance of the lucky encounter. Yeah, put yourself out there, advertise yourself however you can, um, and, and don't rely on friends and family. Um, one yeah. thing I found doing stand-up comedy was you can rely on them for maybe a month. Yeah. And then after that, maybe once or twice every year or so. Because with certainly with something like stand-up comedy, you're probably creating a new set, maybe, or a new set's worth of material once every sort of three to six months. Because especially when you first start, you're just putting out the same material, trying to hone absolutely in on that. Or make the best things you can. And you cannot just keep, you know... Um, Subjecting the yeah, same people you, you to can't, it. Because they just won't come to those gigs over and over. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that's probably the same for musicians. Um, like, I have friends who are in bands and their partners cannot, will not go to every single one. But if you keep going out there, you will hopefully start to find uh, entirely new people, unrelated and those will usually be your biggest cheerleaders. Like, some of the people I find that um, are the biggest cheerleaders of this show, I don't know them. Yeah. They seem very nice when I talk to them on Twitter or in the Discord or, or on, on Facebook. But, like, I, I, I've I not met any of these people. It, it's the people who like your work for your worst merits rather than because they like you as a person. Exactly. Like, yeah, a lot of my a... friends have not even shared this show. Yeah. Or any of my other shows. Exactly. And I don't push people I know to do that. I'm just no. like... Just throw it out into the world and see yeah. if the world picks it up. Yeah, and and yeah, like I say, so the more you put yourself out there, hopefully you will will find an audience. And really, finding an audience is the first bit. Uh, next question: Bethany Eternals, no pirates or ninjas? I've always preferred ninjas. Ooh. Um, I I I just like the the the, the clothes for pirates. Pirates have cool clothes, but ninjas. They're just like really cool assassin types. They're just like 
in, out, do the thing, done, bish, bash, bosh. Yeah, There's I'd none like of the pageantry that... of, oh, I've got to eat hard tack and then... I guess, I guess I'd like to be sort of a dandy ninja. Like, I'd like yeah. all of the costume of being a pirate, but with, like, the the, the skills and, and probably actually the weapons as well um, of, of being an, a ninja. I agree on paper that... Bless you. I agree on paper that pirates have to call the like accoutrement, mm. but like, I just don't like the idea of like having to eat like kind of mouldy food that's been in a barrel and be on a on a ship that sways about. And I'm gonna get all motion sick, and uh, everyone's everyone's just everyone's got beards. I don't know. It's all a bit like ooh, ooh a bit much I, for me. I've got my lady beard. <laughs> um, Angie B uh, Angie Betch wants to know how to flirt with gals. Are they flirting or just nice? Cannot tell. Uh, this is the impossible task. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is the lesbian quandary. Are have we been dating for six months, or are you just like a nice person? Um, yeah. <laughs> so someone put this really nicely, and I I can't remember the exact wording, but like a lot of it comes down to because women are generally told like no 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 don't be too forward don't be too forward that's that's not ladylike etc. What you end up with is basically the fear of not being like the worst of men when men are just like all that sort of thing. And being overly polite as a result. And when you've got lots of ladies who've been, who've got this drilled into our heads, it's suddenly like, ah, uh, don't be too forward, don't be too forward, take things slow, don't assume anything. And Honestly, the only way to know is just ask. Just be yeah. like, "Is this, this been really nice? Is this, has this been flirting? Has this been a date? Has this been a date?" <laughs> I have, this is the third time this week we've gone out for dinner together. Uh, more than once in my life, I have asked a woman. So was this was this a date? What we did was this was was this was a date? Was there a date? Uh, yeah, hey. but they were equally like. I, I'll be honest. <laughs> of the three people I, I I had to ask, that at least two of them went. I, I think so. I, I, I think it was, but I, I wasn't certain, but I, I thought it was. <laughs> Just at some point, one of you will have to bite the bullet and, be, and be, the, be the lesbian in that in that moment that goes, are we on a date? Or says, I really enjoyed that date. And that that's the power move. If you say, I really enjoyed this Ooh. date, that puts you in the position of power that's, forever. That's, that's confidence. You, right you were there. the assertive gay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that confident generally. Like, um... I, I am one of those people that's very often told I'm really flirty, but I I, I just try and be nice to people, and apparently yeah. that, that counts as flirting. I, and, um, uh, I don't know so much about uh, about flirting with girls, but the the few times I've flirted with guys, I, I they are very much take it as you're flirting, you're flirting, you're flirting. Because I'm like, mm, not necessarily. I was yeah. just sort of having a nice chat. Guys tend to be, in my in my experience, have to have tended to be more like, oh yeah, yeah, this is flirting. He's like, mm, not necessarily. Uh, I was just having a nice chat that's, to you. That's how you, however, that's how you get the yeah. uh, you friend zoned me, you led me on, and it, like you were flirting with me, but now you just want to be friends. It's like, no, I was just you being, assumed things were not. Were I was just being generally I'm... nice to you. Yeah. Um, and the other the, the other problem I have with that is the. Um, the predatory lesbian uh, trope. Yeah. It's like I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to come yeah. off as the predatory lesbian. Yeah. And uh, I've had a, a yeah. few female friends who are like, "You're not predatory." It's like, but this this you is it. That, that, yeah. that straight girls are friends, not food. 
Yeah, but this is this is the thing. It's 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 all these fears of like we don't want to be labelled as these things, and mm. therefore just, uh, uh, I had a really nice time when I like relating to you and hanging out with you. Um, I think that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. What's more important, going on a date with someone or just hanging out with yeah. someone you really like? I, I agree if something with... <laughs> later on expands into that, because what is a date really apart yeah. from hanging out and having a nice time with with someone you care about? So, I agree with all this. I think the ultimate answer to the question is just. How how do you flirt flirt with girls? Be nice to them, and then at the end go, I really like you, and that some of this was me flirting. There you go. Just just, just say the thing. And if you're not into that, I can we just still be friends? Because I don't yeah. want to be an asshole. Exactly. About it. Be like, hey, I really like you, and some of what I was doing was intended to be flirting. Is that okay? If not, that's cool. I'll keep being nice to you. Yeah. We have one more question. What's the final one? question? Uh, Isan Bakoti wants to know Do you believe in life after love? I believe that after love, there is all the more life to live. Go see new things, explore new things, and do more things after after the. If the love is gone, then, then go go get back out into that Where's world. The love? Where is the love? I don't know, go find it. There's more world out there. I, be- I believe in life after love. I believe in life after love. There is more love to be had out there as long as there's there's yeah. there's some some life left in you uh, to 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 keep doing the loving. Um, if someone stops loving you and then you coincidentally also die after that, then there is not life after love. And if um, yeah, and I think sometimes love just because you 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 very much love somebody that that you meet and you have lots in relation but everybody grows yeah. and sometimes that's really shitty and and you you grow apart as people and a relationship stops working yeah but you know perhaps you had a great time for a while while, yeah. while you were those people that were very much in love it worked but sometimes things things change. You don't mean them to. You don't yeah. have any great intention to. And, and it can end up a bit shitty. But I think just because I'm a bit older, I tend to just sort of go, actually, you know what? These are things you perhaps need to think about. But we had the lovely times together and we shall, we shall have as many yeah. lovely times as we can. And, and if that changes, then we shall try and be as nice to each other about it, it as possible. Exactly. There's at least one person in my life where I can go, yeah, you know, the, the thing happened and then the thing didn't happen, but we can still be lovely to each other because you don't have to be like, oh, you don't love me anymore, therefore you hate me. It's like... No. Yeah, and that is the other thing. I think it doesn't help that there's you get all these sort of tropey things i don't know where they've come from but little platitudes of oh um, if yeah, they they wasn't real love or I, I'll, I'll if love you, you can or if you can stay friends with somebody then it means you wouldn't either you're still in love or you were never in love oh or there's the whole like yeah i'll love you forever no matter what and i don't like that because i'm like no if if, if no matter what is not right if yeah. they're if you you might not be in love and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to end it with... You don't have to end every uh, sort of um, announcement of love to someone with terms and conditions of life. <laughs> but it's, hey, if things change, that doesn't make you a bad person. Like, I don't like this whole idea that you a relationship can only end because you now hate the person. Yeah. That you might still really fucking like that Sometimes person. Sometimes people do grow apart, and I think... Yeah. So, I, I've got a few friends that have recently had... had sort of minor breakups in that sort of like our relationship was becoming unstable we realised we weren't really working for each other 
it wasn't very healthy, so we've mutually decided to go about our way. Yeah. And and they're still really good friends. They sometimes hang out at weekends, and I like. I think that's yeah. if anything, I think that's more in love. Yeah. Because you've got you're you're mature enough to go. Hey, look, I don't want to spoil this by uh, having a messy relationship, but you know, let's bump into I, each other at, at parties and not be uncomfortable and, I think and have nice chats. Re- and real real love is being able to like look at someone who's just broken up with you and go, "Are you okay? You, Can I help? Yeah. Go, are you okay? Can I help?" Or to go like, "Hey, how how do I put this?" Can go, "Hey." Being with me wasn't what was making you happy. I hope that I'd like. I honestly, sincerely hope that you find a thing that makes you happy, and mm. I want to still stay in your life, even if it's not in that sense. Yeah, like that's that's love. Being able to do that. Yes. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure, just as warriors. All right, Larry. All right, Larry. How are you doing? A little bit of frog in my throat. I think I gave that intro a little bit, a bit of an overrigging there. Well, that's all right. I'm just glad that you're in a place now where you can do a sing song sometimes, and you're not going to bother neighbours. Well, not as far as we know. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. If we have bothered them, they haven't said nothing, so it's all good. Oh yeah, they just seem slightly terrified of us. But there we go. I, I do think the fact that I just said we suggests that in this narrative we do now live together. I don't yeah, know if this is now canon for the yeah. We just got home from work. We're back back home from work, and that's why we're chatting to each other. Yeah, yeah. Put no. your feet up, I'll, I'll get the kit on. Oh, yeah. Have yeah. a lovely cup of tea. We'll talk about a week, to oh. maybe what we've played or looked at. Or... Oh, wouldn't so, that? If we, we could record that, we could make a proper good show. <laughs> yeah, we should probably that. start one of them podcasts. Uh, yeah, we could call it, what, uh, nice, nice, and uh, happy and nice people you don't know. Yeah, that seems that seems like perfectly accurate. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of, of, of podcast material, did you uh, have anything you were particularly uh, concerned about this week? Yeah, yeah, I had a thing. I had a thing I was thinking about this week. Yeah, you know, I was. I was thinking about it today. I just it caught in my head. So you see this come up a, a, a couple of times. A couple of times. Uh, I had this come up actually at this weekend. I was. I was away for the weekend. I had. I had dinner. Dinner with some people. Uh, a couple of people there I didn't know. And uh, right. yeah, one one of these people I was having dinner with. I was telling a story about a trans person they knew, and right. uh, you could tell as soon as they started the story, they were rumming and ahhing about it, but they used pronouns and names that were not the, the, the they were talking about a trans person, and they were using their pre-transition name and pronouns, and the reason that they were sort of justifying at this dinner was they kept being like, you know, oh, it's, I don't really, you know, you know they, they, they did this terrible thing, and they're just... Oh, it's not like they're like you know proper trans people and stuff. So it's you know it's I'm I'm talking about them that way because because this that and the other justification and it just got me thinking about this thing you see done sometimes where you see people not being respectful of names and pronouns if they don't like the particular trans person and it's yeah. a real problem. Definitely, definitely, and it's one that you you see particularly with uh, with Caitlyn Jenner. Oh like, yeah, I, yeah, I think she's a massive fucking Republican oh. arsehole, but oh, yeah. like that doesn't give us any re- any reason to dead name her or use incorrect pronouns. <laughs> I, I you know, and I, don't get me wrong. I think you'll find most uh, trans people will probably turn around to you and say something along the lines of, "Well, the the, the fact that you're dead, dead naming is abuse." And and using incorrect pronouns deliberately is abuse. You might not like that person, but perhaps abuse them in other ways because you are basically saying that 
my respect for trans people ends as soon as I don't like that person. Well, yeah. I, there's lots of people I don't like, but I'm not going to just dead name them or, or, or and, and and that be that a celebrity. Yeah. Because once again, I mean, I think we've talked about dead naming in that respect before. Like, I, I hate when people feel like they've got something over on someone because they know what they a name they used to go by or, or the name that their parents gave them. If that's not the name they use anymore, have some fucking respect whether you well, like them or not. Yeah, because like you go back to that Caitlyn Jenner example, like yeah, you know she's a fucking arsehole. She's Absolutely. like, oh yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a very well known trans woman, but I'm gonna go. Gay people shouldn't be able to get married. There's a fucking shit, you know, shitty situation, and like being all pally pally with Trump and that. But <sighs> like you know, the, what it does is. Even if look, even in that example, let's say the per- the trans person you're misgendering and dead naming isn't around, they're not actively you know feeling hurt in that moment because you know they're not hearing it. You never know what who else is around there. Someone else in that group you're talking to might be might be trans and maybe you don't know. And you know what you're saying to them when you dead name, even if it's a shitty trans person, you you dead name a tra- or, or misgender a trans person. What you're telling that trans person who overhears is, you know. My my support for you is conditional. It's not. Yeah. It's not that I think generally you deserve to be, you know, respected. It's well, yeah, you you you've been good enough. You've been well behaved enough that I'm I'm gonna bestow upon you this basic respect, and yeah. that that's something that if I decide I don't like you, I might take that back down the line. I might stop, you know, respecting that. And it's proper bad. You gotta you gotta have a situation of. If you respect that trans people are the gender they say they are, you got to respect that for every trans person. Because if you if you deny it for one, you're telling every trans person, I might not always be respectful of you. Stick on me good side, do you know? If you want that that afforded to you, exactly. Don't ever be performative with things like with people's names or people's pronouns, and 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 and. Another another one to sort of add on top of that is uh, outing people. Oh, yeah. If you don't like someone and you know that they are in in some way uh, not straight or uh, not cis, keep it to your fucking self. Like, you can say that person is an arsehole, you can say that person is a, a bigot for any number of reasons if that happens to be the yeah. case. You can say many things about them that are still factual and let other people know you yeah. think that they're shit. But, but you don't really need to do any of those nasty, if, nasty things. If a, if a shitty person is a shitty person, criticise the things that are shit exactly. about them. Don't criticise or like stop respecting them for their transness. Like That example I started with over dinner at the weekend, yeah. the person in particular, that story did not need to even acknowledge the fact the person was trans, let alone did it need to dead name them. It wasn't important to the to the narrative. No, it was it just was, deliberately shitty. It was being deliberately shitty, and it just made me as a person sat there like, this makes me really uncomfortable about, yeah. like, you know, I, I don't ever want there to be trans people around you because you yeah. clearly don't respect them very much. No. No, not at all. And yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no need for it. No need for it. Uh, anyway, shall I pop some dinner on? Oh yeah, pop some dinner on. We'll have some uh, some yeah. noodles and veg or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, run us a bath. Oh, sounds perfect. Just get some candles on. Maybe have a night. Nice, we'll share a nice glass of wine, and then we'll sit around and watch a movie for the rest of the evening. Sounds beautiful. Sounds lovely. I like this new narrative. What has accidentally happened this week? I like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Done. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get that bath running. Yeah, you get the bath running. I'll, I'll, I'll pop some dinner. I don't, don't know how to win this kit. Now, so we're right. now that we live together, away. I don't really know where we can go. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go into the other room. See, see you in a bit. Alright, see you. So, where can we find you for the rest of the week? You can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. You can find me at Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on YouTube. You can find me Kotaku.co.uk Monday to Friday, nine to five. You can also find me on Dice Funk which is a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast. I'm on seasons 3 and 4. All the seasons of their own self-contained stories. Go listen to that. Where can people find you on the internet? I can be found um, here. Here on this podcast with you. Um, I am Maniac Janiok on, on Twitter and YouTube, and I am Janiok Magnet on SoundCloud, where you might be listening to this. Wonderful. So with that all done, until next time, be a stranger. Yay! Yay.